Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a scary movie victim. Oh no, a tree fell on my car, and there's only one thing to do. Trip over my own feet and pull myself across the lawn while yelling help at a barely audible volume. Help. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you filed a claim with GEICO, so you've got a designated claims team to help you. This GEICO sounds suspiciously reassuring. Are you sure I don't end up getting surprised with an unexpected twist? Just that your GEICO team will always be there to keep you updated. No! What is it? Oh, nothing. I just didn't see that coming. GEICO. Great service. Without all the drama. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. I'm here with a friend of mine. We've been acquaintances for quite uh, a few years in Key Largo time, Kanaho Alana. Say hi, Kanaho. Hey, how's it going? Great, great. I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, Kanaho, I'll give a little background here, uh, how we met our daughters or friends. I, uh, my, my daughter, my stepdaughter, uh, I came into her lives when she was a couple years old, and Kanaho's uh, both her ch- children were going to a Montessori school on uh, Transylvania Avenue, and I think your your wife was also a teacher there at at uh, when I, you know, a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, we we've met, and over the years we've known each other. We've had some dealings. We actually. Uh, a small story. You had a, a uh, uh, you're, you're uh, have an entrepreneurial spirit. And we're going to talk about that, and it's really important down here in the Keys. Um, you you painted the van I had when I had that delivery for the Keys. It was a beautiful blue. You were doing that business That's for a true. little while. Tiffany blue. Yeah. Tiffany blue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a beautiful van. I mean, it wasn't a beautiful van, but it became a beautiful van. My, as you painted, people used to point out the color. It was. I wanted it to uh, pop. And it's funny right now with the things that are going on. Actually, I probably would have done pretty good if I held on to it for a, a couple more years because uh, I was doing general delivery, and right now everything is delivery. But enough about me. We're going to talk about you, kind of ho. Um, so, right. so you um, you are how long have you you've been in the key since two thousand and three, and you come from. I come from uh, Maui, Hawaii. Okay, and you're um, that's that's where I was born. Mm-hmm. And you're and you're part native uh, uh, islander, Hawaiian. What's the correct way to call it? Hawaiian island, Hawaiian, right? Hawaiian, yeah, yeah. Hawaiian heritage, Hawaiian blood. Uh, I'm actually thirty-seven point five percent, which is uh, uh, it's quite high in uh, two thousand twenty. Uh, because of the dilution of the bloodline mm-hmm. that uh, I would have, that I would be alive in this day and age and have that amount of Hawaiian in me. Uh-huh. Um, every year they have to reduce the like uh, amount of Hawaiian you have to get Hawaiian homeland. So there's free land in, in Hawaii for Hawaiians. 
mm-hmm. um, education, all kinds of stuff like that. And they have to constantly lower that level of blood uh, to, to, to keep giving back to the Hawaiians because there's not much that have a lot of blood in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's some really, in- it's an interesting uh, historical story and, and maybe um, from, depending on what perspective you take it from, but I imagine mm-hmm. I would take it from the perspective of the native Hawaiians, how uh, Hawaii became a state in the Union. It was it was a, a forcible annexation of it. I'm, I'm a history uh, buff uh, myself, but um, mm. that was that was probably the um, beginning of uh, America's uh, going outside its the contiguous borders of manifest destiny. If anybody understands manifest destiny, that was this uh, the idea that. America had this uh, predestined idea that it was supposed to expand throughout the whole continent. And then there was, you know, Hawaii was extraterritorial one. And that was in the 1800s, right? And they Mm -hmm. held off, they held off pretty, I mean, they did a pretty good job of staying uh, independent as long as they did, considering the resources the uh, U.S. uh, brought uh, to bear in Hawaii, but that's for another show sometime. But the, um, uh, the you guys were able to preserve it. You ever seen the movie The Descendants? You ever seen the movie? A long time ago. Okay, yeah. And and it was ago. funny because that was really they had just small minute. It seemed just like looking at the people that had a very tiny bit of uh, Hawaiian heritage in it. So you grew up in the islands let's hear it um well i was born in maui uh 1981 and uh i grew up in maui uh, on maui in in a town called pukalani which is uh about as country as you can get you know as you would drive through the fields would be with uh pineapples and cows you know uh sugarcane fields stuff like that and uh, we lived up in the in the mountains and uh, about seven years old, a couple of days or so before my seventh birthday, uh, we moved to Guam uh, where my dad uh, started the first ever tire store in the island of Guam. Now the island of Guam is 30 miles long, five miles wide, and it has over a hundred thousand cars on it and no tire store no tire center. Everybody got their tires from a gas station. And so there'd be lines around the block every single day for people waiting to get tires. And, and the, the gas stations just couldn't handle the mass. Uh-huh. And uh, so my dad went over there, bought a old plumbing warehouse uh, and did everything from changing tires to safety inspections, to alignments, brake jobs, all that stuff that they never had on that Island. Wow. And uh, was very successful. Uh-huh. It's still there today, actually. <laughs> uh, so I grew up uh, there, you know, another island, really. So the island life didn't much change uh, uh, for me. Um, and then in 1996, uh, my dad got really homesick, and we moved back to Hawaii, to the island of Oahu, where we lived with my grandmother and my auntie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we lived there for a year. Mm-hmm. 
where my dad uh, started another business uh, through Hunter Engineering, which is if you've ever gotten gotten an alignment or uh, or got your tires rotated, that that machine is uh, well known. It's called Hunter. Mm-hmm. He was the regional salesman for that uh, area, all of Hawaii. And uh, so I went to school, you know, I was 10th grade uh, in Oahu. So mm-hmm. I left the beginning of my freshman year, 10th mm-hmm. grade, I went to Oahu and we spent a year there. And then we went to the big island, Tahilo, um, after, uh, uh, for my junior and senior year. And that's where I graduated from high school. Yeah. Uh, Then I uh, I got a job in Denver, Colorado, uh, with uh, with Frontier Airlines after after going to a little trade school uh, in Washington uh, to get you prepared for the airlines. And uh, I lived in Denver, Colorado, for about a year. Well, what? Let's backtrack right there. So you were um, okay. I got the I got the uh, you, you you born in Maui, went to Guam, back to Maui then back to the big no. island of uh, Hilo for your uh, uh, junior and senior year of uh, high school. What made you... In Hilo. Mm-hmm. In Hilo. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I got it. My pronunciation. No problem. I, I, you know, I, I was... Uh, a lot of these uh, island names were actually big-time mm-hmm. clues and crossword puzzles. But I never learned... Really? I learned how to spell. I learned how to spell <laughs> because they always talked about it and I go... What is that? What are they referring to? And they're referring to Hawaiian mm. islands. And what is mm-hmm. the main island? What is the big island? And because it's a chain of uh, Hawaii is a chain of volcanic islands. Right? Correct. And mm-hmm. so that'll, that'll figure in uh, to the storyline here later on. And Guam is, what is Guam? Guam is a territory of the United no, States. No, no, no. I know it's a, a territory of the United States. And, and it came about, I think they got Guam and during the Spanish-American War. But geographically, what it, it's an island. But, I mean, what is it? Is it a, uh, uh, a volcanic island, alluvial island, reef? Oof. I, uh, I tell yeah. you because I don't no. know. <laughs> okay, no, no. I'm just uh, one of these things in, in the Pacific. There was a preponderance, though, of a lot of uh, volcanic islands in the Pacific. Where um, and there and there's reef and there are reef systems out there too, uh, so but I, I, what what I found interesting that you you here you are you start you were born on an island and you moved to a mm-hmm. smaller island, mm-hmm. uh, Guam and and Guam I think if I I just have this picture of it Guam is pretty flat if is Guam flat or is it mountainous. It's pretty flat. Yeah, okay. I mean, there are some mountains, yeah. but uh, it's, yeah, it's not like Hawaii for sure. Not it's at all. Absolutely not. Yeah, but I generally it's more, it has more terrain uh, variation than the Keys. So you're, um, you did all this stuff. What, what, what was your, when you're in high school and stuff like that, are you thinking, when you're thinking of the future, are you thinking of a future in Hawaii or a future on the mainland or it doesn't really matter. You're just looking for a job. Uh, I was thinking about a future um, outside of Hawaii. Outside Hawaii. Um, so you took... Because you, things are... Go ahead. No, no, no. Keep on. Things that are... Things, things. Uh, you know, people see Hawaii as 
this, uh, you know, lost paradise where it's so beautiful and everything's so nice. And, and that is true. Um, but living there and growing up there is uh, completely different mm-hmm. on a local level. Mm-hmm. There's a whole different side of Hawaii that people don't really see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, um, it's very prejudiced. Um, when I went back to Hawaii, and I said I was 37 and a half percent, but I didn't have the color of skin, let's say, that somebody who is 37 and a half percent would carry there. Dark skin, you know, I was very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is Caucasian, so I have English, Irish, Scottish, German, French, you yeah. know, Cherokee. I have a, a lot of other more uh, Caucasian influence, and they treated me like uh a howly when I came back there. What I didn't you? speak the pigeon, uh, you know, broken English that everybody spoke who grew up there. Mm-hmm. So I had very clean, um, uh, enunciated English. Mm-hmm. And that's how white people talk. And so I was treated as such. Okay. And that's a howly, you said? Yes. And yes. that's, oh, okay. That's a, a term for, uh, for a foreigner, um, the the real uh, translation is haule, which is, means uh, kiss with no breath. So that's how the the native Hawaiians describe the white people, the Captain Cooks and mm-hmm. stuff that 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 came over, uh, because they you know kissed with no breath, okay. just lips. Okay, that's how it was described. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and you know, and and um, I'm, yeah, I'm not 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 making light of it all. But, you know, it seems like on any island or small town, small geographic area, that's the tendency to do things. You know what I mean? So we do, here in the Keys, we call it the people born here are conks, and they try to... Correct. Yeah, they try. Yep. But that, they, they don't really have a way to, to do it by looking at you. So that's mm-hmm. slightly different. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're in debt. We're, we're back to... Um, Oh God! Did I get to Denver? Did I get Denver right? I didn't know if it was Colorado yep. Springs or Denver. Your Frontier Airlines. What are you doing for Frontier Airlines? A ramp agent. Ramp agent. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah, just what a, a, a simple job at nine dollars an hour, loading you know, the bags a, on and off. That's a still very. <laughs> that's a. You know what? That's not a. Uh, okay. Hey, listen. That's not working at the counter at Seven Eleven and Seven Eleven. If you're working all night, sometimes it's very interesting story, interesting place to work. So you 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 come from Hawaii. You're in Denver. You're on the mainland. You're in, you're back in the you're back in the mountains though, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Yep. High elevation. It's a a similar type. It's weird, even though it's not island. But you know, Colorado. I can see some similarities between Colorado and Hawaii with their uh, kind of attitude there. Colorado um it's a it it's a touristy area so you're you're there you're right out of high school right uh pretty much mm-hmm. okay and you're working there so what what are your plans you're working as a ramp agent what are you what are you seeing I there? just wanted I wanted to travel I wanted to see uh the United States and being uh, part of the airline you got free tickets Okay. To jump on one of your own flights and go to different places. And uh, they gave you like I think ten tickets a year. Oh wow! <clears throat> yeah. So, so you're a young so. man. You're just taking off. What 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 places 
had a big impression on you. Obviously, it, I, I'm guessing that South Florida had a bit, but uh, we'll, we'll probably land there. But before we get to Florida, no pun intended, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the places you've seen, like what, what remains with you today? Like, uh, you know, uh, after traveling, and this is one of the reasons why it kind of, I guess it kind of went downhill. I had these expectations that America was going to look a certain way because I had been on an Island my entire life. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, after going to, let's say Portland, being in Denver, it seemed like every place I went to, uh, LA, California, it all looked the same. Everything was the same city. It, it had a Starbucks, it had a, <laughs> had, uh, McDonald's and there were malls and they were the same things. And it was kind of like everywhere I went, I just kind of saw the same thing. So the, and there is, wasn't, I'm doing the math here. This is, uh, the early 2000s is 2000. You were were you in the airline industry during 9/11? Uh, no, I oh. actually left right before there. Yeah. Okay. So you went 9/11. I was back home. You were 19, 1998, 1999, 19 what something like that. It was actually like so. I graduated high school in 1999. Yeah. Uh, went to the school for about three months, then went to Denver, and then. By the time it was about, I don't know, I want to say Mar- uh, May or June of 2000, two, 2001, I, I came back home. Okay, back home to? Uh, Ho- uh, to the Big Island, where my parents, okay. had, where I graduated from. Mm-hmm. Hilo, Hilo. Hilo. Mm-hmm. Aha, I remember, I kept on. I want, so want to say I had the same problem with Spanish because I say C and Psy. So, okay, so now we're getting close. So you spent a couple of years there. You're doing something. What, what are you doing in, back in uh, home? So I come back home because I can't stand the cold. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> when I first arrived in Denver, I loved it. I was like, wow, this is winter. This is great. And then toward the end of winter, it was like I didn't have a car and there wasn't, you know, it's hard to get around and do things. And I had to rely on a lot of people. And there, I wasn't, I just wasn't making enough to be able to pay my rent, pay mm-hmm. car insurance, pay for a car. And uh, I was fed up and I was like, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. I'm done with this. And I had been and traveled a bunch of places. So I came home okay. and, uh, uh, so we're we're back in Hilo, um, and what are you doing with yourself there? So let's move it along. You're you're back you're back there. You're doing. Uh, are you working in the family business? You're working with your dad? No, no. I I came back and uh, I didn't have a very good welcoming back to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, my my parents were kind of like, "What are you doing here?" You know what I mean? I thought you were done, and we uh. didn't expect you to come back. And and they're like, "Well, you're getting a job, and you." you, you got to do, you know, if you're going to live here and stuff like that. So I went and started working at a grocery store mm-hmm. called the uh, second save actually. Uh, okay. And I started pushing carts and, you know, bagging groceries for, you know, I think it was like $5 and 25 cents an hour or something like that over there. It, was, it wasn't much money. Oh, wow. Worked up to being, uh, yeah, being, uh, being in uh, the deli 
Um, I got a promotion to $8.34 an hour. But in Hawaii, another struggle with Hawaii is that very, very difficult to find a full-time job that pays uh, uh, benefits. Mm-hmm. So what they like to do is they like to keep you at about 30 hours a week uh-huh. or 31, you know, just right on the bare minimum so they don't have to actually pay you. Okay. Because it costs a lot of money for healthcare and stuff, right? Um, so I was uh, struggling and uh, things were getting more and more tense at home. Um, my father uh, is an alcoholic. Uh-huh. And we butt heads a lot because I never really had a, a father who showed me any kind of way to be a man, I guess. And uh, he constantly chose the bottle over his family. So what what are you and, doing? Uh, what what socially? What how, what's your social life? What is your life like? You you talk about work. Oh, are you yeah. are you socially? I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I left because there was so much control in the house before mm-hmm. I left, you know, before 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so like, uh, I guess, isolated from all that. I never did anything. Smoked my first cigarette when I was like almost 21 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I was into heavily drinking and, and all kinds of drugs uh, uh, when I was in Denver. They are readily available. Uh-huh. And I had that life. So I, one of the things was, is, well, maybe if I go home, that's not there. Well, another little secret, but Hawaii is a, is a huge, um, spot for meth. Uh-huh. And they call it, uh, ice mm-hmm. or, uh, clear in, mm-hmm. uh, in Hilo. And it's a big hot spot. A lot of people doing it. And so, um, I'm, you know, drinking, I'm smoking, I'm, I'm doing things. While I'm going to work, spending mm-hmm. my money on, you know, not the, making the best choices. Mm-hmm. And I end up getting in a fight with my father, an argument with my father where I struck him. He fell backwards. He hit his head and uh, he began bleeding. Mm-hmm. We all fell asleep, woke up in the morning. He had a, you know, bandage on him and. He said he was sorry. I was just really looking for a father, you know, looking uh-huh. for somebody to connect with, uh, somebody to lead me, somebody to sh- show me what to do. And he couldn't do that because I found out his dad never did that for him either. So he mm. didn't know anyway. Uh-huh. After that, I decided I was going to move out. So I started living with a friend of mine in, in Hawaii for about two or three months. And then I get this phone call from my uncle here in the Florida Keys. And uh, he owns a construction company. And he says, uh, hear what happened. And uh, would you like to come out and build some houses? Previous, just a quick backstory. When I was going from 11th grade to 12th grade that Mm -hmm. summer in Mm -hmm. Hilo, Mm -hmm. uh, my uncle had invited me out here to the Florida Keys to work for the summer building houses in in the summer here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. I came out. I lived with my grandma, and um, I I did good. So he, you know, he's like, "Hey, I, you know, you did good when you were here. Would you like a, a job?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Absolutely," you know. And he sent me a ticket, and two days later, and I was here. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to ask you That's what what, you, what what brought you brought you here. So you come all the way now. We uh, after this uh, circuitous route that took you through all these places, uh, Guam, mm -hmm. uh, starting on Maui, Guam, uh, Hilo, Denver, back to Hilo, and now you're back. Uh, you're in the Keys. Uh, mm -hmm. You're 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 in the Keys. So you're you're you've you're four islands you got under your belt and and Denver, which is you mm -hmm. know it could be an island too, a mile high city. So we can call it. That. <laughs> so what I I just have this vision now here in in the Florida Keys. Now we're gonna get back to your what happened when you came here, but uh, you know maybe we'll hold that. To later, but if, apparently people down here call you know this is uh, um, life in paradise. You know this is this is paradise and all this stuff. And I said, how I always thought that was kind of a uh, I, I when people say paradise or in paradise, there's so many places out there that could be called paradise. You know, there's Bali, there's Maui, mm -hmm. there's Hilo. There's all these uh, places. You got, um, uh, you know, these uh, tropical islands. You got these Greek islands, uh, and and we call this paradise here. It is, uh, we, it is beautiful here. Well, we are a long, flat expanse of, um, you know, 43 keys that are connected by um, 42 bridges, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just doing the math there with that. That's it. But uh, from the mainland, you could drive here. The only the biggest difference between the two is that if you wanted to get off the island here, you just get in your car and drive. And uh, yeah. And, and but culturally, I mean, we didn't have a strong we didn't have a strong native culture down here. You can call it the comp culture, but that only goes back maybe. Like uh, it's mainly Key West, if you think about it, because mm -hmm. Key West exists. The rest of the Keys are kind of like sparsely populated, so so they like to call them conks. But when you come down here, and they always have this thing: you got to be here 15 years to be a, a freshwater conch and this and that. You know, there mm -hmm. it, it's really there. I mean, there isn't really an exclusive attitude to that. But you came here. And, and you're working with your uncle. Mm -hmm. did that, did, did, you didn't have a big change in your lifestyle, though, did you? Uh, no. I mean, I, uh, it, was a, it was a change because there was more security, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as island life, uh, it, it didn't seem much different than my whole life, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Right here, you, you you talked about crystal meth uh, in the Hawaiian Islands. Here, it's uh, uh, alcohol and cocaine, right? Correct. And, right. And that that's been since the uh, late seventies, early eighties, I guess. I mean, and I guess marijuana worked uh, its way through both uh, islands. Um, so here you are. You're cut away from your family. You're here with your uncle, but are you finding it mm -hmm. easy? You're, you're, uh, you come here, and it's 2003. 
if I get your timeline 2003. Right, 2003. Yes. And you're, yeah, you're I was it was February 2003 uh a couple uh two or three weeks before I turned 21, 21. years old. Okay. And you before you release the hounds, you're out there doing whatever you want, right? Exactly. Yep. And uh how's that working out for you? You know, it it, were, it was working out really well. You know, uh -huh. I, I had a steady uh, job. Mm -hmm. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a karate teacher to trim their hedges. Man, these shrubs are not made of plywood. Don't worry, another few chops should do it. Yeah! Nope! Yeah! Dang! But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Oh, this treehouse looks like particle board. Yeah! There we go. I'm starting to doubt myself. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Switching and saving with Geico is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like if a person can get discombobulated, does that mean the rest of the time they're just like combobulated? Are we humans always in a state of combobulation? Until, of course, something dramatic happens and we are discombobulated for a while. Then we go back to being combobulated. Yeah, that's probably how that works. Switch and save with Geico. It's easier than you think. Um, I, uh, I thought I was doing very well. I was, uh, you know, doing the construction life, which anybody who's done that knife uh, knows there's a lot of uh, vulgarity and man-man kind of, uh, you know, something I was never really brought up in you know the manly man mm -hmm. swinging a hammer and getting dirty and mm. and cussing and drinking after work because mm -hmm. that was the normal right have yeah. a couple beers at the bar before i was even 21 <laughs> mm -hmm. so i thought wow this is great you know um and uh i did that for about three years um Let's see. It was 2006. Three, 2006. Uh, right before that, let's see, it was 2003. I'm going to say a couple years before I, it was a year in. I was about a year into working with my uncle, mm -hmm. and I got, uh, I got a DUI. Yeah. Um, I was right there across from uh, Circle K in uh, Tavernier. Okay. I was doing donuts across the street, and there happened to be a state trooper there. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, I, I had a CDL license that I almost lost uh -huh. um, because of it. I had to go through probation. I had to go through level one DUI school. People had to drive me around. Mm -hmm. And it was... Uh, and I thought, oh, my gosh. And so the first thing I, I did was I, I, I sought out um, Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. um, the funny thing is, is I had been going to um, Al-Anon because uh, my uh, father was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So I was very familiar with that group, but never that, that other group. Mm -hmm. And so I did 90 90 uh, that's what my uncle recommended. He goes, if you could do 90 meetings in 90 days. And he said, if you can stay, so if you can stay sober for a year and not running back to it at the end of the year, you probably don't have a problem. 
That's what he told me. Uh-huh. And I did. 90 meetings, 90 days, didn't drink, kept wow. going back to work. I didn't have a problem. Wow. So I thought. Um, so, so. 2006. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. So, so, so you had that, you, you had that thing in Convengers. You, 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 you became comfortable with the idea that, oh, well, it's not, it's not that big a deal because I, I, I was able to do it for one year. So what, yes. ha- what, ha- going, what happened? Going, going, going to the meetings, I thought, oh, this is not me. I mean, these guys, I was, they're asking me, well, how much do you drink a week? And I was like, I don't know, like a 24 pack. They're like, I do a 24 pack in a day. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, these guys got problems. Uh-huh. I don't have a problem. I'm too young to have this problem. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so I, I went on with my life. Um, then I met a girl and I met her family and uh-huh. they were drinkers like on the weekend. Uh-huh. Like nobody drank during the week, uh-huh. but on Friday and Saturday, they would have some drinks, have a barbecue. And so I started to fall into that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Maybe this is normal. This is how people do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, normal. Because these people, they seem to have, yeah, they have their crap together. You know, I don't see any red flags anywhere. What I didn't realize is that uh, that life wasn't for me either. And it uh, just drug out my heritage of my father being an alcoholic his father being an alcoholic my grandmother on my dad's side and then my grandfather and you know different uh family members on each side and when I started to trace it back after you know I was sober for a year and started to do some tracing I realized there was a lot of alcoholism in my family decades and decades of you know generations and generations mm-hmm. and um but i didn't care i was happy i decided to marry this girl mm-hmm. and have a child with her um moving along i also decided to walk away from my construction job because i was like you know what i'm better than this i'm more than this i can do something else and i started selling cell phones for uh nextel if uh-huh. you remember them. Yes. Push the talk. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was pretty popular. I, I was uh, second in uh, sales. I was living my life. I had a newborn child. You know, things were seemed to be going great. Mm-hmm. Then uh, had another child. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, when it kind of started going downhill. I remember... I was talked into starting to work for the water company down here mm-hmm. because it was secure, right? And, uh, uh, you know, you need to have a pension and a retirement and you got kids now. You uh-huh. can't be just, you know, living off a commission. And so I I started and uh, I, I worked for the Florida Keys Aqueduct Authority here in the Florida Keys mm-hmm. um, on the transmission line, which in the Keys, it's a super very unique water system where, our water comes from Florida City, um, mm-hmm. and there's a pipeline that comes as a 36-inch pipeline that comes down the stretch and, and through the Florida Keys and tapers down all the way to uh, 12 inches 
in Key West. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was in charge of maintaining that line between Key Largo or Florida City to Layton or Long Key. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so I, I began working there. And after the second child and uh, some hardships with the marriage, mm-hmm. um, a lot due to the drinking. So I, I could see, you know, how they always talk about alcoholism as a progressive illness, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it, 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 can, it, can, it just keeps getting more and more. Where I remember starting out, when I would go to work that I would, uh, you know, like have a couple and then it just progressed over the years to Mm -hmm. where by the time I hit my second DUI, Mm -hmm. 2010, that I had progressed to almost drinking an entire Mickey's uh, or a Heineken, uh, like a, almost like a 40 ounce, but they don't have 40 ounces here. They're like Mm -hmm. 22 ounces. Yeah on the way home so that I wouldn't have to deal with home life Uh and trying to push that down and trying to mask those feelings of inadequacy Mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never been a father before and I didn't have any guide on what that looked like and uh, uh, ended up not wanting to live anymore mm-hmm. ended up realizing that, you know, I'd made the same mistake twice and, and, uh, the world would be better off without me. Okay. And, uh, one day I came home from work early, very distraught over the entire mess, mm-hmm. got my gun and, uh, was at the kitchen counter Mm-hmm. loaded it up stuck the pistol in my mouth closed my eyes and the door opened to my house and it was my brother and he uh, he asked me what I was doing mm-hmm. and I told him that he needed to just leave get out this was not his problem and he sat there and he talked me down from a ledge Mm -hmm. that it made me realize that the world would not be better without me and that I would hurt more people by doing this than I would having them avoid pain so I put the gun down and just broke down heart. He saved my life. I mean, I don't, he wasn't supposed to be home. I don't know why he was there. Mm-hmm. I came home early from work. There should have been no reason anybody had stopped me. But he did. And, uh, what was your first then, step uh, after that? <laughs> what, what, what? Now? Uh, but he had been going to church. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, been, uh, and he wanted me to go. He said, "Hey, look, uh, I know you don't like religion or anything like that, but this 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 new pastor, he's young. He, he's got kids just like you. He's a father. He 
he he he's in the mix. You know what I mean? Like this is. I think you should check it out. And I denied it, but I saw. And, and, and as I denied going and constantly declining, I was just more and more angry. I was more and more angry. I didn't have any tools on how to deal with these two. So now I'm a single dad, right? Mm-hmm. With two kids. And I'm frustrated because I'm like, well, now who's going to want me? You know, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not doing these. Like, what am I, what, what, what am I doing here? You know, I'm still going to work every day. And, wait, wait, wait. And, wait, wait uh, you, how, how do, um, when did you make the decision not to drink now? You're... So, so after going to church yeah. and starting to get in with that group, uh-huh. I start to feel like there was another life out there for me. Um, and I, I had been slowing down, but what the, the, the one change that happened, which was uh, June 23rd, 2007 was that, um, I mean, I'm sorry, 2010, mm-hmm. uh, was that, um, I was outside, came home, the boys were there and there was a cooler that had been there for days and it had some beer in it, mm-hmm. warm beer. I came home, opened up a Corona, went to go take a sip, and my daughter Malia came running out, and she was, you know, three years old. Mm-hmm. And she said, Daddy, can you, help, can you help me learn about time? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I looked at the bottle, I looked at her, and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? And I poured the bottle out. I dumped all the beer out uh-huh. and I went in there and I spent the rest of the day with my kids and just, and, and from that day on, I made a decision that whatever else was going on with my life, I was mm-hmm. going to dedicate the rest of my life to being the best dad ever okay. for my kids. And, and I quit drinking. So it's been, um, That was a that was a lot. That, that brought years, up a lot of ten, memories. Ten, ten uh, almost ten years. Ten years. Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten years mm-hmm. and two months. Um, yeah. So you're working and and uh, it's, I mean, listen, that was you know fortunate for you. You, you had your brother and um, whenever we uh, we come across a, a story like that, we do suggest that if you ever um, if any of the listeners ever feel like that, you know. Um, and uh, try to make your first instinct calling uh, the hotline, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, seeking out uh, a friend, someone to be supportive. But okay, so mm-hmm. and not to gloss over it at all, you're work you're working for the water company. Mm-hmm. You're you're still working um, for the water company. Yeah, I'm still working for the water company, and there happened to be a couple months kind of before that, um, before, like right after the whole kind of we're breaking up kind of deal, uh-huh. uh, what happened was I, I came home and, um, you know, my own bedroom door was locked uh-huh. and I got super mad because we were disconnected. Uh-huh. I grabbed a pillow and I grabbed a, my, uh, blanket and I got in the truck and at the time, I had just started a new position at the aqueduct as a wastewater operator, mm-hmm. uh, a trainee um, uh, in Layton, and that's where I would drive to work. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I jumped in the truck and I had already been drinking mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, I got, uh, a DUI, another one uh-huh. on my way down there and went to jail, wasn't able to show up for my job <laughs> and everything that comes with it. Um, I did get a lawyer this time. They knocked it down to a reckless driving, but I actually still had to go to level one DUI school all over again. Mm -hmm. And this time I had a breathalyzer in my vehicle for a year, mandatory. They had changed a lot since my last DUI. And um, so I had to explain to my children and I thought being the good dad that I am, I'm going to tell them the truth. I remember a lot of things being hidden from me when I was growing up mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be that dad anymore. So I would told Malia, uh, you know, this is what this is. This is what I did. This is what happened. Every time we have, I have to blow into this to keep the card running. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and it was rough, you know, it was rough and I wasn't drinking, but I was trying to be the best dad, but it was such a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I was alone and I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to live my life though. I started really getting involved in the church, really getting involved in activity. Mm -hmm. I started playing volleyball, which I love three times a week. Um, anything I could do to get out and, and, and get, get around people who are good for me that had kids as well. And that's where I met my wife. Tiffany. Mm -hmm. We had gone to the same church, been playing volleyball um, three times a week for the past eight months, and I never even spoke a word to her. Mm -hmm. Just watched. I thought for sure she's totally out of my league, Mm -hmm. and you know what she looks like, so and you know who she is. (laughs) That goes right along with it. And uh, when (laughs) we were at church. And our pastor was like, all right, turn to the person next to you and tell them that you love them. (laughs) So funny, I turned to the left or I turned to the right and she was right there. And she looked at me and she's like, I love you. And I was like, I love you. (laughs) And and that's how it started. Uh Uh, And I, uh, started to court her after that. And, and, uh, she had a great story as well. She had two DUIs too. She had a, a, a breathalyzer in her car as well. She uh, had just gone through everything I had just gone through, but didn't mm-hmm. have any kids. Uh-huh. And, uh, so, so we, uh, ended up, uh, we, uh, after uh, a year of dating, um, I asked her to marry me. Um, well, three months of dating. Our first kiss was 11 11 2010. On 11 I asked her to marry me on at midnight on the dance floor. And 11 11 11, we got married in the Florida Keys. Wow. Okay. You know, it, it's uh, as a, a side note, and it's, uh, I'm familiar with recovery. Uh, I am, I'm not familiar with becoming sober when you're young, because I was 44. But I mm. could only imagine how difficult 
that would be when you're in your mid to uh, you know mid twenties, uh, yep. being single and considering a lifestyle of down in the keys in particular, <laughs> um, you're trying to meet like somebody the- and being so fortunate to belong to a group such as your church uh, group mm-hmm. where you're able to meet um, your soulmate. Your 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 wife, your 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 partner, yeah, and uh, that that you that's a um, that's a gift. Um, so here you are, you got someone else to join you on your journey of sobriety and journey through life, and they know who you are. You're working. Uh, uh, you started working. Uh, now I are you still at uh, the water department? When this is going on, I, I'm at the water company. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm at the the, the yeah the the aqueduct, um, and and I'm uh, training to be a wastewater operator. Uh-huh. So, uh, wastewater operator is an op is a person who um, operates and maintains uh, uh, tra- uh, the transfer of from wastewater which we flush down the toilet mm-hmm. into nutrient deficient water that's either injected into the earth 90 mm-hmm. feet down mm-hmm. or spread across uh, it, through irrigation uh, to water grass and trees and landscapes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, to be a wastewater operator, you actually need to be underneath the training of a licensed operator for 2,080 hours on a plant. Okay. And, so, uh, go ahead. No, um, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go in the, um, the, it, it's it, though interesting knowing about wastewater, stuff like that. I wanted to quick forward to say, because you're, you're, um, it's interesting you started doing this because you are, when did you develop the interest in, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, your, your wastewater story, your passion for life and all that stuff uh, about uh, em- environmental, uh, uh, leading a, a environmentally conscious way of life, you know, clean energy, wastewater, uh-huh. things like that. Did you fall into it reverse, like you're studying to be a uh, a wastewater treatment and there there's shows out there that are probably better suited for describing the process of doing it of a treatment uh-huh. wastewater but the idea of becoming conscious of um you know the kind of lifestyle that you want to be able to leave uh i guess a reverse footprint where you're you're taking things the bad stuff away. Uh, helping helping the world yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh, it, I, I remember the day perfectly like it was yesterday. Um, uh-huh. uh, I was working at the aqueduct uh-huh. and the, the, the position became available and uh-huh. I drove down to Marathon, which was where the systems were. Uh-huh. And I met a man named Tom Feaster and he took me up on the top of a wastewater treatment plant and he looked, he looked around and he goes, do you smell anything? And I said, no. And then I looked at the, basically it looked like pool water. <laughs> going out the back and he told me that <clears throat> that uh, this is a natural process and all you really had to do was add air to wastewater and it would create these bugs that would eat our waste 
Uh-huh. Well, if that isn't if that isn't a brilliant design from our creator, which uh-huh. you know I'm on that path right now, uh-huh. it blew my mind, and I was so, like, "Oh my god!" Oh, so let me hear this correct. You injecting uh, air, or did you say oxygen? Was it air? Air. Air mm-hmm. into wastewater creates mm-hmm. the uh, organisms that eat mm-hmm. the waste that humans mm-hmm. humans produce. Yep. Okay. I just want to get that correct. You're, and you're right. It's, uh, and, and what better way can you use instead of using har- harmful chemicals and things like that? So continue. Correct. Okay. Um, and I was just amazed by it because I was already amazed by our creator and what he had already done in my life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? This is something that I can, like, this, this can be who I am. Like mm-hmm. I can contribute to the world. I'm saving the world. It's the, it's the dirtiest job on the planet, yet it's the greenest job on the planet. Mm-hmm. Replenishing our water supply, uh, you know, by not wasting what we already have. And in the Florida Keys, because we are on a reef, uh, uh, the highest level of um processing of the water is required in the state of florida like florida has no reciprocity with any other state you have to come here you have to take the test here you have you can't come from somewhere else you know what i mean it's high standards and i thought man i could be really good at this and i took off Oh, okay so wait florida is the benchmark (laughs) for water treatment florida and california have the strictest nutrient removal uh, standards in, in most, in all of the world, because uh, here in Florida, we live on a reef, right? So when we inject that water right into the ground, it has to be nutrient deficient so that it doesn't create algae blooms, remove the dissolved oxygen. So the, so the fish, you know what I mean? They, they'll die. Okay. Uh, if we keep putting nutrients in the water. Okay. Well, and, and just to inform the listeners, until uh, when I came down here in 2007, the transition always start was starting. The almost all the keys was a septic tank. Uh, back in uh, prior, you, you know, the early 2000s was if if you moved down here, you had a septic tank, and the problem with a septic tank, you eventually would leach those Correct. nutrients, and 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 the the rock is porous, and it's not going to stay there. It's not going to be sequestered forever, and uh, so what they decided to do is saying they're going to have to treat treat these uh, things and not not uh, hide, try to hide it. Think they're hiding it below. Mm-hmm. So so here you are. You got this um, uh, newfound uh, well not you know uh, maybe a continue a growth in the understanding of uh, of what you're you're meant to do. So you're you become trained as a wastewater treatment person. What makes you transition? right now to think that you know what i'd like to am i skipping too fast forward ahead um a a little bit um let's go fill in the spot then before that um okay so i i i start you know i'm working at the aqueduct i'm 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 treating these uh you know i'm I'm being a wastewater operator Mm -hmm. and through time i win um multiple awards through the Florida Department of Environmental Protection, who's mm-hmm. our authority in the Florida Keys. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, they put me on the cover of a TPO magazine, which is Treatment Plant Operator magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a global magazine. Um, because of the work that I've done by reducing the amount of nutrients that goes out into the water. Mm-hmm. And Leighton uh, was a was a big hot spot, and now it's not. <clears throat> and uh, so, but you know, they had sent me to other plants. Hey, fix this plant. Hey, can you you know do this? And I got to the point where coming in every day, I just didn't really have a challenge for myself anymore. You know, and I'm a very self motivated uh-huh. person. I, I I like being challenged. So I decided to look at a map and I found out that in the Florida Keys, how unique it is, there's only a couple systems that exist uh, that treat wastewater. And, but there is about five different smaller plants, meaning under a hundred thousand gallons that have are outside of the service area Mm -hmm. that have to have their own wastewater treatment plant. And those would be staying forever. As long as there's people here that wastewater plant has to be there. They Mm -hmm. can't take it down. They can't transfer it, nothing. So I decided to seek out those plants. Mm -hmm. And long story short, I got into one plant and did it the same time I was doing the aqueduct. And then in 2016, I uh, acquired a wastewater treatment plant at Chica Lodge. Which was my dream plan. When, when you say acquired, acquired it, you, you required, you mean you became? I got a contract to operate it. Okay. And it was your dream job. Or your dream? It was my, yep. Dream job because they have, Chita Lodge is, if you've never been, it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And they have 27 acres of landscaping, golf course, all that stuff. And their wastewater treatment plant, all it did was the water from the hotel Uh would be treated and then sent out about between 2 and 4 o'clock in the morning through an irrigation system and would water the entire property. And I was like, this is real. I can see when I do something, I can see the instant effect. And I loved it. Okay, just so that for the listeners and stuff – 27 acres is a lot of land here in the Keys. Uh, you know, if you're in Bozeman, Montana, that may seem minuscule, but we have to do a lot down here. The, uh, there's a, not a lot of extra land. There's a lot of people, a lot of visitors per acre here. So being able to do that, take that wastewater and distribute it across uh, 27 acres in, in a high a uh, usage intensive environment such as the Keys is, is a really pretty big deal. Okay, let's go back. I mean, because I understand what you're saying because of, you know, the, uh, the 27 acres and the Keys, but uh, the listeners may not understand that. Absolutely. And, and water, you know, down here, uh, you know, it's about after 50,000 gallons a month, you're mm-hmm. paying about $11.73 per thousand gallons. Mm-hmm. So that costs a lot to water the grass. And mm-hmm. and what what is my biggest pet peeve is watering grass with potable water, meaning drinkable water. Yes. That is like the top of my tippy top nerve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people could be drinking this, people don't have water in the world. Yeah. We're watering our grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pet peeve. I we we um, we use our uh, AC water. We reclaim that and 
we try to save yeah. all our rainwater. Uh, though there was a movement, there was a movement about that some places about not saving the water. I don't know if that was in the Keys, but in other uh, municipalities across the United States, that's a big deal. If you do recover all your water because the water is a, a rainwater, if you re, if you recover too much of it, it's you're not replenishing the uh, uh, water table. I guess that's what it is, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So, so here's a big pet peeve. People use it, and you see it. I mean, you see it down here mm-hmm. when you see people with the lawns that have um, uh, the, uh, well, the natural, <laughs> the grass, what we call natural grass, because it's not really natural, is it? Yeah. Right, no. Grass no, is not so natural. Right? No, we live on a reef. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that it's it's for you know a lot of chemicals and things like that go into producing a lawn. I mean, probably the kindest thing to do is either the rock or um, you know to, to be able to maintain a lawn here. You have to you'd have to put a lot of chemicals down, and then like you said, using fresh water or drinking water to uh, or a potable water. The terminology for that potable water being able to uh, mm-hmm. drink drink it. You know, considering how many people you know, have to go miles to maintain, you know, to have the water they need to cook, you know, Absolutely. and drink. Yeah, and it's, it's, uh, uh, it's shameful. So you, you got this job and you're, you're working, you got the contract at uh, Chica Lodge and it's yeah. 2000 and? Uh, 16. 16, the end of 2016, mm-hmm. something like that? February 2016. And then it's your, it's your baby. So it's my baby. I'm in love. And I, and I make the decision to walk away from the Florida Keys Aqueduct and go out on my own uh, off of this uh, final contract. Because I had a one contract for a, another plant, yeah. uh, but, then went, but I needed just a little bit more income to be able to say, okay, I feel secure enough. You know, this can be my, my job, my business, and uh, acquired that contract uh, 2016. Okay. And which is February, which is approximately uh, seven months, give or take a couple weeks from a seminal event here in the Keys and South Florida, uh, Hurricane Irma. Correct. Hurricane Irma. Yeah. Um, That, uh, you know, really, it crushed my hopes, but then it actually created dreams I didn't even know I really wanted. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Hurricane Irma was not very kind to Chica Lodge. Mm-hmm. Or Hurricane any, yeah. Irma, uh, yeah, it, it really destroyed um, uh, a lot of, uh, of vegetation, mm-hmm. uh, but it also destroyed the wastewater treatment plant. Uh, the insurance company... Um, called it as a total loss mm-hmm. and uh they gave them uh the right to go ahead and rebuild another one and uh i accepted <laughs> i said uh i previous to that for two years i had been uh you know approaching management going hey we you know the best thing is let, let's move this wastewater treatment plant because it was right in the middle if you remember yeah. it was right in the center of the 
the parking lot right in the middle of everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, the parking so, lot know, was right pretty much display. in front. Yeah, it was it, the parking lot was in front of the uh, well, is in front of the the main building there when you oh, right, come in. Right. So you would come up and park, and that, that's that. You know that, and and that was not an unusual thing in the Keys to see mm -hmm. that. I mean, there's restaurants you come in and stuff like that, and that's the first thing you would. Uh, acquaint yourself with is that smell and people came, came used to it right so okay yeah. so you, yeah. you were suggesting to move move that and then Irma comes up it's a total loss so now you're yep. built are you now you're real are you are you building the old one in a different place or are you building a new one in a different place like is it I know you have yeah. the opportunities totaled so obviously you were you were Pat approached mm -hmm. them on moving it from where it was in the center of the parking lot to another location. Are you building a new processing wastewater treatment center? Uh, yes. Like yes. totally so we're process. building, uh, well, the same process, mm -hmm. but brand new tanks, brand mm -hmm. new equipment. And it was now it's put in the, the furthest corner away from all the guests. <laughs> okay. Um, out on the, I think it was the hole number three mm -hmm. of the golf course. Got it. Um, and uh, so I had a regulate regulated the um, had had talked to had done a lot of research and a uh, a bunch of different uh, um, what's it called. Um, companies and found the best place to uh, build this thing was in Texas. So I found a company out in Texas where they would build it for me, um, high grade uh, steel plant, and then drive it to the Florida Keys. And then I would install it. Um, Jim, I'm sorry. I'm, my partner's calling. I, I have to pick this up. Can we pause real quick? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay, we're back. You had a call to take, and uh, you know what? The nice thing about it, that's the nice thing about doing a recording. Um, you were telling us about getting the tanks from Texas to transport them here, and you have to do the installation at Chica Lodge for the new wastewater right. treatment plant. Okay. Right. And uh, so we, we built it. It was, a great, it was a great experience. I documented the whole thing on YouTube. I have a whole YouTube channel to... Um, directed to it so you can see everything I did. And so we start it. Uh, so when you uh, start a new plan, it's called a startup, mm -hmm. right? And that startup can take almost a year sometimes to get the right biology, work all the kinks out, all the bugs out and the equipment and stuff like that uh, to get it producing good water. And in that, that year, I, I struggled a lot you know, because I had done so many different things in my wastewater career, but nothing was like this. And so, and so and here I, you are, was, you're, you're sober, you're working on a project, you're, uh -huh. you're, your, your baby is, uh, is wastewater treatment mm -hmm. and, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, raising a family, uh, you're, um, you're, and, and it's just, I guess, uh, part of sobriety is being able to, uh, deal with those things without having uh, the the former crutch we used to crutch have. Crutch of the crutch, yeah. Yeah, the crutch, yeah. 
the empty spaces we used to fill with alcohol or, or whatever drugs, you know. So here you mm -hmm. are. You're going home every day and uh, you're you got this uh, uh, you're working on this project. So I'm going to take it from there. There. Go. And there's just the, the things that I, I wasn't uh, privy to before, like anxiety and stress. And, I mean, I was working sometimes 16 hours a day out there, you know, didn't even worried about it. So then in turn, that would come home to me not being a good, the best dad and the best husband and, and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, well, I, I, I don't need something to change my state, but I need something to, to kind of help me through this time. Mm -hmm. And I started researching CBD okay. and, uh, and, uh, I, I, I started at a, a, a small business here in the Florida Keys called Weird Trees down in Isla Mirada. And the, the girl there, Jana, she was super knowledgeable about it. And she sold CBD in the, in the store. And we talked to her, me and my wife, for about an hour because, you know, we were super concerned because we were like, okay, we, we're both sober. We do not want to take any drugs. And she's like, it's not a drug. It's natural. It just gives you a relaxed feeling. It mm -hmm. lowers anxiety. It lowers inflammation. And she's going on and on. And I'm like, I mean, you know, my wife were just like, uh, I don't know. But we decided to, you know, give it a shot. So we uh, ended up buying one of the herbs pre-roll joints that was pure CBD that didn't have any THC in it or less than 0.3 according to uh, uh, the law, which is technically hemp. Uh -huh. um, we smoked it. My mind hadn't changed at all, but my body was completely relaxed. My, my, my heart had slowed down. Uh, breathing was calmer. And I was like, wow, there's something to this. So over the next year of, you know, going, doing this, uh, learning how this plant works, I started using CBD on a regular and it, I, I really loved it because it really kept my mind straight, but it allowed my nerves to calm down. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. I, uh, several years ago, right. Uh, that, same time, right after Irma, I started hearing about uh, the cannabinoid uh, CBD, and I, I, I wasn't I, I was pretty sure that there was no THC because it was unre uh, it was not regulated by the state. It, you didn't have to get a, a license to you know medical uh, license for it. And the medical license, uh, I think mm -hmm. that came about in the two years and things like that. So people always. The, the, they misconstrued uh, when they see uh, CBD, they see, uh, uh, yes, CBD can be derived for, uh, from, you can get it from hemp, you can get, actually get it from marijuana. They just remove that. Mm -hmm. and, and there's all mm -hmm. different levels. And there's people that require, the, um, the, some, some people require the THC for, let's say, if you're a chemo mm -hmm. patient and things like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, which I understand, you know, medicine is medicine. Mm -hmm. And just because it's natural, Correct. just because it's natural, you shouldn't poop, you know, throw, throw the baby out with the bathwater there. And I heard about uh, that CBD kind of activates a natural 
network in your body. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, so um, CBD, the cannabinoid, um, activates a system in your body like the nervous system. It's throughout your whole body called the endocannabinoid system. Mm -hmm. So the whatever way you decide to take it, oil, smoking, uh, edible, any which way you decide to take it, all it does is it activates the endocannabinoid system, which the endocannabinoid system is a natural healing system for your body, whatever ailments. Uh, and it, it's super diverse, you know, anything from inflammation to anxiety, which you would think two of those things have nothing to do with each other, but the same product helps both. It kind of fills the void of what is needed in your body to retain it back to homeostasis. You know, you know it really wouldn't um, be surprising to a lot of people that a, a physical uh, a physical disruption in the body could target a psychological feeling or a psychological uh, disturbance could target or, or you could derive a physical, uh, you can have a physical manifestation of that. So, but... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and it's because it's all tied together. And, it, and we're not talking uh, shaman medicine here because right. med dude, that's the way medicine works. You know, you have antibiotics that target, that target uh, bacteria and things like that. And then we're currently dealing with people right now targeting treatment for COVID-19. But um, mm -hmm. there was it. There was there was a solution when we uh, this. Uh, we're at, I guess, the beginnings of people deciding or exactly what extent the CBD works and how it works. And I want to tell the uh, uh, listeners, uh, yesterday, uh, Conahoe and Tiffany came by and they dropped off samples. And uh, last night, I, uh, I, I took uh, some, I used some of the edibles. I... Uh, I rubbed some of the uh, ointment on Abby's uh, shoulder, so because she was having she's having issues with her shoulder, and I took oil before I went to bed. Now, since I became sober, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'm just going to talk about real briefly what I experienced, and then we can continue. Cool. Uh, I I have had the, before I became sober again. I had issues with anxiety. I have a problem sleeping. I would uh, I had a hard hard time letting go of thoughts that weren't helpful. Meaning that for me, anxiety was like a replay of an idea of that would make me feel uncomfortable. And that's anxiety, pretty much for me. It's just that just replaying, not letting go, trying not to focus on it. And while you're trying not to focus, you're focusing on it. And so I had those issues and stuff. Now I, I don't seem to have that, but I still have an active mind. And and also I was experiencing some discomfort in uh, my mouth because I have like one side of my teeth. Every so often, it seems like my teeth, my teeth are crowded and I have some dental pain. Uh, not dental pain as in, uh, a rotting tooth or things like that, just an overcrowding of teeth. And it caused some discomfort. And that went away almost immediately. And there was a level of calmness that uh, occurred. Uh, though I imagine that if I was even more disquieted, that really would have helped. But I wasn't, um, 
I, I, I wasn't uh, clouded and it didn't, it didn't really change my mental demeanor other than my well-being. And this morning I did it. This morning, mm -hmm. about a half hour before. And when Kanaho and I were setting up to do this interview, the phone call dropped, I think, three times. And mm -hmm. normally, in that case, I would get frustrated. Now, I don't get frustrated. Once again, I'm going to give the caveat that I don't get as frustrated as I did when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. But now there was just this level of, well, I've done this. This is show 267. How could I be nervous? I'm, mm -hmm. rec I'm recording right now. And, and, and we mm -hmm. had to stop. And I'm totally comfortable. I'm not all worked up about, hey, this is an hour and 14 minutes. But you know, Conho, I, have, I can record up to three hours and, and produce a show that's three hours long. Should I uh, mm -hmm. produce a show that's three hours long? That's something... We can leave later. But there's 267 episodes. <laughs> I'm not going to get worked up about it. And I don't. So okay. I have to say, I have to give it two thumbs up. I'm totally relaxed. I'm, I'm, drinking, I'm, drank, I'm drinking halfway through a 20-ounce uh, cup of coffee. I'm not uh, getting the, the jitteries from it. I, mm. And, and uh, being sober, I cannot... Uh, listen, I loved marijuana. I absolutely love marijuana. I wasn't an avid user of it. I don't know why I wasn't, but and I, I can't really use it because I'm an alcoholic. And, mm -hmm. But I knew enough about the last three years about CBD. Now, you um, you, when you uh, introduced the idea to me that we're going to do a show about this, I didn't want to make it into a long commercial, but... I don't have a problem with turning into a long commercial. I just thought, you know, let's, we got a whole story about your life. Look at the hardships and stuff. And this is what, uh, I'm not going to call it the culmination. This is a big part of it right now. And you, I wanted you to go, we're going to talk about your products. We're going to talk about what CBG, the difference between CBD and CBG is, and what you use it for. But I just told you right now, um, I can I, I think I gave you a true assessment of what I feel like. How's that sound? That's great. Yeah. That's great. And, and 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 that that makes me feel good. You know, that the what you just said right there is the reason that I started this company. Mm -hmm. Because I saw the benefits in myself, my wife, uh, you know, and different people that I had, you know, uh, shared it with that I was like, man, like this would be a great opportunity as having that entrepreneur spirit. I thought I could help more people and you know, I'm already helping the world by replenishing our, you know, our, uh, our, our water supply. But then also there, this is another way because I know that this society with uh, mobile phones and uh, instant gratification and everything's fast that I think people could use a break, you know? I think people could use a break from themselves. And that's kind of what you described is like, look, it's like this feeling, this instant feeling of wanting to take over, but then the CBG is just sitting in there, like relaxing you going like, it's no big deal, everything's good. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you get used to it and you're like, oh yeah. And what that does is it starts to change your own behavior. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's just an activator, right? It just activates the endocannabinoid system. Because I know when we were talking about it before, you're like, well, I don't, 
I don't know if I, you know, I don't want to know what to say and I don't want to give you a bad review. And to me, there's no bad review out there. You know, I haven't uh, come across one yet. Even a lady was like, oh, it just didn't do anything for me. And I'm like, great, that's fine. You maybe. Yeah. You know, that was, that was <laughs> my, my concern was um, because there are times, oh, my God, even now that I can use this. Uh, I right now when I combat my. Uh, when I have out of control and out of control mind, when I feel I'm close to picking up or thinking about picking up that I need to do mm -hmm. something. And uh, for that, for me, sometimes that's uh, prayer meditation, uh, uh, going to a meeting and, uh, and, you know, taking a step back. But there's always, it's nice to have uh, a tool, in the to an extra tool in the toolbox that doesn't uh, interfere with uh, my sobriety. And, it, and this, it, this is one of them. And it could be, listen, we use coffee. A uh, coffee changes uh, the, the effect, and I can honestly say this, uh, the magnitude of change. Now, beneficial change, I've, uh, I can't wait to try this when I really need it, you know? Yeah. When I have mm -hmm. uh, pains because I'm a fitness instructor and I've had the things where I had my lower back pain, I'm, I'm feeling aches, I have inflammation in certain parts of the body. I'm fortunate because I am significantly older than you, but I've been fortunate that I haven't had any trauma to parts of my body that I'm feeling later in life. Mm. So exactly. the one thing, the one thing I have is I, I was a heavy smoker for years and I think from my, um, but even then, um, gosh, I, I would hesitate. I don't want to attribute this, but I haven't had that <laughs> morning cough this morning too. I mean, so, it's and weird, I'm not right? Even, like, there's weird. so it's many kind of different like, things. You're uh, just like, this can't be right. You I know. I, know I, I don't want to. I don't want to suggest that because you know it's already. I gave it a good review. So why why even go crazy? Because there's going to be a time when I'm going to be able to use it, and it's going to be when, uh, you know, when I'm disturbed. Right. And obviously, the only reason I'm, I'm that disturbed, I'm going to hurt myself and stuff like that. My first thing when that may not be the the reach for the CB. Oh, it could be if it's easy, if it's right there and stuff, it's going to be a couple seconds, but there's also, you know, reach out and call someone and things like that, that you, you, you know, we got to be uh, proactive, but I think it's a wonderful Correct. thing. I mean, if anytime, and you've, you seem to be someone always seeks searches for a natural solution. Yeah. So, I mean, you do it, you yeah. do, you do walk the walk. Uh, we may not agree on everything, but I really admire your 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 embracing of the electric uh, vehicle. You know, your yes, your your. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm going to transition that to this CBD thing. This is all about mm -hmm. sustainability, and yes. I, I think if you uh, get back to uh, just thinking about how you get your product, what what you do. Let's mm -hmm. say okay, so. The line of your product. When it first, let's do the intro, introduction of the company. What's it called? It's called the Kind CBD. That's D A space K I N D CBD, and it's a play off of words a little bit because I'm from Hawaii, and if as you know in Hawaii, there's a term that you know they use in there. It's called the Kind, which is D A K I N E. The Kind basically means whatchamacallit, 
you know, if you don't know a name for something or you're trying to describe something, you say, oh, grab me the kind. And at the same time, you're pointing at something and the other person relates and is like, oh, that's what he meant. Because so it can be anything, right? Yeah. So, of course, that was already taken. But I thought, you know what, being that um, we're here in... What you want to call it was already taken? No, the kind was already taken. Oh, what? Oh, I didn't know. I thought yeah, because it's a it's a huge surf brand. Okay. Yeah, and clothing line and apparel. Uh huh. Been around for a long time. So I thought, well, you know, the American or the the mainland, you know, kind of name for it. I could just put a D instead of an E, and it would still sound the same. Uh, and uh, found it. It was available. The kind CBD. Okay. And uh, I, I bought the I, website. <laughs> I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't know the difference. I assumed it was uh, Hawaiian. So that's nice that you admit it. And, well, that, yeah. it, it, it's, I'm a big believer in simple uh, messaging. Mm-hmm. And it does have a feeling, the words itself, it's, it does have a, uh, does hint at, at well-being, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, it's uh, a double play on words. It's yeah. just like the kind, like I'm talking about that, but kind is in there as well. So kind to your body. Yeah. And, you know? and, and it's very simple. Um, you source it out. You're sourcing your product from? Uh, we have uh, two small farms, uh, one out in Las Vegas, Nevada, mm-hmm. and one in uh, Denver, Colorado. Actually. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about this is you can, it's very easy for you to list the uh where the ingredients come from correct in this day and age uh where you got so many compounds and stuff like that there was uh uh it was not too long ago you you heard about uh compounding pharmacies uh the lack of regulation and control over that Mm -hmm. but when you're working with something that's made from a uh a natural product with very little additives to it that you 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 have a freedom of, of like saying this is what it is right this is what it is right. you look at it and this is uh your your um when, when they give the uh listen what side effects were being stuff like side effects side effects what are the side effects to eating a carrot you know uh, mm-hmm. it is, it is what it is. Uh, obviously there's the additives. You use a medium like your oil, right? What the oil I use, what's, uh, what, what was that? What would you call that? So that oil is, uh, CBG. So, uh, everybody's heard of CBD. Um, CBG is actually the mother of all cannabinoids. When the plant starts growing, the first cannabinoid that's actually created is the CBG cannabinoid. Mm -hmm. And that cannabinoid is the mother of all the other cannabinoids. So where CBD comes from, CBDN, CBD, uh, um, regular CBDA, um, also Delta uh, 9THC, where it comes from, it all stems from the CBG cannabinoid. And the company that we decided to partner with in this actually uses, because CBG, okay, so a full-grown plant, right, Mm -hmm. 
would only actually have 1% of CBG in it because obviously it has mothered all the other cannabinoids in the plant, so it doesn't have much left, mm-hmm. right? So in order to get CBG, you need massive amounts of biohemp, mm-hmm. right? And then extract it through ethanol and isolate just the CBG. Mm-hmm. The company that we we uh, we partner with, they have done that. A lot of expensive equipment, chromatography, a lot of different things to actually extract it. And that dose that you had, um, the entire bottle we sell is a 30 milliliter bottle mm-hmm. with 2,500 milligrams per 30 milliliter bottle, which works out to about 84 milligrams of pure CBG, no THC whatsoever in Mm -hmm. it. And that's what you got yesterday and today. That's what you took, which was a full one milliliter dose, 84 milligrams. Now that's, it's very highly potent and you're a big guy, you know, you're no small fry. Mm -hmm. So I even thought, Oh, maybe we need to give him a bigger dose. But Tiffany's like, no, let's do the one mil and let's see how it affects him. Mm -hmm. And obviously just that one effect, you're seeing the, the effects of it. You know, mm-hmm. the one dose, you're seeing the effects of it. So um, we know um, hemp has a lot of multiple uses for it besides just getting developing, getting CBD, CBG, and all those things. Do, does, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to put you on a spot on that, but it just came to me on that. Do they use, are there other uses that come from the plants when they're growing these? Do you know? Uh, the hemp? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hemp has been used in the United States of America for a long time. Oh, I know, rope, rope and paper. I know, know, but are they doing it? You paper. can make a compressed building material from it. I know that. Uh, but are uh-huh. they, or do you know if they're, because uh, I know there's still some restrictions on it, maybe. Uh, are they able to use that and, and sell that product? Yeah, I mean, we sell it uh, in in many different forms, right? So the oil you tasted, right, mm-hmm. and the edible you tasted, but we also have the actual uh, uh, flower people uh-huh. smoke, just like you would smoke a joint. Mm-hmm. So it comes in a different form, and you can use that, and that's legal in all 50 states. Yeah. Well, I'm as talking about the it plant itself, than- the remnants of the plant itself, like uh, using it like almost like a Native American would. You're using every part of it. Meaning you, like, you take the plant. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think they are doing a lot of different... Well, now that it's opened up and, and scientists yeah. are actually allowed to research, I mm-hmm. think bigger and better things are coming. Yeah, you know, I think... Because it I, was such a taboo before. I think it's, uh, I think it's really wonderful if you think about it because there is... And I think it's a natural progression of it. If they're not, they're... they're they will be doing soon because it kind of makes sense. If you had uh, a, the, the byproduct of uh, developing this and you say, well, what we have left over is worth something too. There was, um, in the winemaking process, they sometimes they used to take the grapes over and then you make another residual alcoholic product from that. There are people always thinking, mm-hmm. they're thinking ahead nowadays and saying, oh, listen, we have this left over. What can we do with it? And uh, mm-hmm. I think I think this industry has uh, a lot to offer when it comes like that. So you came about this. Uh, you, you were doing research and, and stuff like that. and You developed uh, your product line. You, you have a um, 
you have a place. Uh, I know you sell, you have uh, in the Keys, you said, uh, I'm going to try to remember, six places that are sold in the, in the uh, Keys right now? Or is it Four 12? places. Four. Okay, good. Four. <laughs> okay, well, eventually it'll be six, I imagine. Or yep. 12. And exactly. We'll go through all Thanks the for that out. I six, 12, it. whatever, <laughs> 20. Um, so that, right, right now, like, uh, we'll talk about where they can get it now. We do have okay. listeners in here. Where can they get it now? Okay, so they can go, uh, so we'll start at the, the furthest south. So in the, the city of Layton, there's a Quick Mart grocery store. We offer it there. Mm -hmm. um, it's called uh, uh, Long Key Quick Mart. Mm -hmm. uh, move up the road in Isla Mirada, um, across from Capital Bank, where they have the farmer's market and the 24-hour gym. There's a little... Uh, a smoke shop there called Weird Trees. They were our first endorser of our product, and and they have a lot of our different products there. And then further up from there, um, Glenda's uh, Hair Salon. Oh, Glenda Solar? There. Glenda Solar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know Glenda, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then up the road from there in Key Largo, Mother Earth. Mother Earth and uh, Mother Earth is is right by uh, next to Al Carpet, uh -huh. um, right across from Discount Auto. Uh huh. Auto, I guess. And do now. you and you have a website? And we have a website. It's dakindcbd.com. Uh, D a k i n d c b d dot com. Yeah, and 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 so we're. Um, you, you had the edibles, and the edible, um, the, the edible I tried was more like uh, a gummy worm or gummy tape. Would that be correct? Or how mm -hmm. would you call? It? I'm not yeah. an aficionado. It, it's pretty tasty. A belt. I'm a, I'm a candy. A belt. I'm yeah. a I'm a candy guy, and I'm also. It's funny okay. that you gave me that because I am a. Uh, I do tend towards the sour, and I like like sweet tarts and all that stuff. So that was right, right out my alley, right there, um, and so all everything. So with the oil, you said you put in your coffee in the morning. Yeah, there's so many different uh, different things to do it. Yeah, put it in your oil, put it in your smoothie you make with your strawberries and what, bananas. What, you know what, what I mean? I, I detected a, 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 the taste that was in it. Was that the taste of? Uh, was that a flavor added to it or? Yeah. It, Okay. Um, so was it elderberry? Uh, what was it? So what? it's a what? it's a berry it's a berry flavor. Yeah. And what it. we've done is we've uh, really con contoured our brand kind of around the keys. So we have we offer two different CBG oils and two different flavors, the mm -hmm. same uh, strength, and we call one of them Oceanside, mm -hmm. and we call one of them Baseside. But the one that you had is called Oceanside. Oceanside. Okay. Yeah, that was that was mm -hmm. uh, it, very pleasant. So I mean, and I think uh, one of the reasons why we, uh, you know, because we had been, been when we were doing our research, tasting mm -hmm. CBD oils and hemp oils, and gosh, man, it tell you the truth, a lot of this stuff tasted like bong water. You know <laughs> what I mean? It was very hempy. You know what I mean? It's very hempy, mm -hmm. and because the taste was so distracting, you almost didn't even notice if if there was even the effects of, mm -hmm. of it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
And a lot of these products out here are diluted down. And so be, being self-conscious about how many milligrams are in that 30 milligrams, you know, they mm-hmm. could sell you one that says 100 milligrams. Well, that means each drop is like one or two mm-hmm. milligrams. And mm-hmm. you're not going to feel anything like that. And it, it really feels like snake oil at that at that point. So that's why in our brand, we want the highest quality, mm-hmm. right? The yeah. highest quality you can get. So that way, if you want to take just a little drop, you can take it, but at least you're going to feel it. You know yeah. what I mean? If you need more, it's there for you too. You know what I mean? But you don't have to drink the whole thing as well, right? Yeah. Because it's so potent. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that was one of our huge deals to overcome when we were building this product line was it has to taste good. Mm-hmm. And every time I've showed somebody, you know, uh, uh, giving them a, a, a sample, they're just like, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> right off it because it, fills your mouth with this berry this almost blueberry flavor and you're just like wow you're kind of yeah. like mm, I could, and you're gonna taste it for you know a, a good decent amount of time after yeah. it's in your mouth you know what i mean yeah um just to, uh, to alleviate concerns when people are tested for uh, marijuana usage they're tested for the presence of thc so you don't really have to worry about how much cbd you have in your system um, Correct. A um, lot of people, there's two a things lot of about people that. Aware about so our, yeah. well, our our oil is THC free. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's not even yeah. the point three, which is the law. Mm-hmm. Okay, but some of our other products have some no more than point three THC in them, mm. uh, which is not enough to make the psychoactive uh, adjustment in your head, but mm. it is enough to tag a a, a test because they don't have a test that will do a see what level THC you have in your body. It either you have THC or you don't. Okay. So that was super important to us too, is to offer products on both sides to people, yeah. right? Because some people, you know, maybe they can't have any THC in their system. Yeah, so pilots, or, straight pilots or boat captains and stuff like that right now. Correct. You can you can Absolutely. have you can you you can have drinking a uh, drank a bottle of bourbon twenty four hours ago, but you can't have point <laughs> oh uh, three THC in your body. So yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's funny. Um, Very ridiculous. Yes. So I have to give it. Uh, I'll, I'll give it flying colors there, and I, I want to uh, say we're putting the show notes. Uh, a link where you can go and look at uh, some of the the products you offer. I I would uh, you mentioned coffee. I, I I drink my coffee black and sometimes with cream and sugar. I've been drinking like I I drink tea too. I like a uh, lavender tea mm-hmm. and things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, if if I don't want to do any caffeine or anything like that when I want to relax, and I imagine that uh, the next time I try one of those, I definitely want to put that. Uh, in it you know right right yeah it's I mean it's going to change the way you drink coffee if you drink coffee black you know you don't do much sugar or anything Mm -hmm. like that it really like the whole entire cup now turns into a a different type of coffee for you Uh so you're not only getting your caffeine fix but you're also calming your body throughout the same thing and it tastes good I mean it's the best of all the world really imagine that would I do I do a lot of coffee though so I might I 
the, you know, I, I wouldn't want... It doesn't want... take much, though. <laughs> oh, it doesn't? Okay, good. No, what I'm say, saying no, is, no, like, no. Yeah, I, I do one tea, so I probably drink the one tea with it and get my mm-hmm. dose, and then my coffee, because I may drink, like, three cups of coffee. I, I am oh, yeah. a fanatic that way. I do fill the pot up when I make it. You know, yeah. a lot of... that. I transfer, you know, it may sound like I'm, tra- you know, trading one addiction for another, but it's definitely a much more beneficial one for me. Uh, but and, and sure. when I'm talking coffee, not not CBD, and I shouldn't guess, right. I don't know why I would introduce that uh, idea. But uh, I, I would like, uh, if there's any listeners out there, if you do have any issues with, uh, like we were, we were mentioned, there was inflammation. There's um, these even, I mean, there's a whole bunch of issues uh, uh, that doing it. There's uh, digestive, uh, there's uh, mild headaches. Even uh, even girl time. Oh. During, uh, you know, uh, for, for women. When women are um, menstruating. It's, uh, yeah, it's um, with uh, just a little quick story about how my wife started using the CBG as being the, the you know, the, this, uh, um, what's it called? Um, I'm blank. I'm trying to blank here. The, not the scapegoat, but the, um, uh, she, she tried it for our company and, and used it daily. Um, and then came back with feedback. Oh, she was us, a test right? subject. And, she uh, was your so, test subject. Test subject. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I wanted to say. I'm sorry. It just uh, oh, I, I am. I'm that way. I it, listen. I haven't drank in 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 uh, a long time, and I'll be sitting there searching for a word. But yeah, the test up. She was his test subject for the. Uh, okay. Right, right, and so what she started doing is taking a half a mil, so half of the dose that you just got today. Yeah. Every morning, she would right before you know she wakes up, does her makeup, she takes a drop, and. She didn't really notice a big like change, mm-hmm. but what she did notice was things started to disappear, mm-hmm. right? So she said to me, she didn't even know that she had anxiety until she actually started to take this. Mm-hmm. So her normal before would be, oh, get up in the morning, um, getting ready to go to school, going to work, whatever, heart palpitations, palms are sweaty, mm-hmm. very nervousness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And as she started taking it, she started realizing, oh, wow, like these things aren't happening anymore. And oh, wow, I'm, I'm feeling a lot more confident. I'm feeling a lot more assertive. And she started to express herself and come into who she really was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just by taking this simple, natural additive every day, just like people take vitamins, mm-hmm. but having a real effect on the mental stability of her. Yeah, you know, ang- which was amazing. Anxiety, nervousness, uh, uh, social discomfort—all these things, um, uh, just from experience. Uh, yeah, uh, the nice thing about psychology is anybody can become have an opinion about it, and um, th- these these feelings act as governors. Anxiety. Uh, agoraphobia or anything as governors in your stop you from uh, acting sometimes or, or mm-hmm. prevent you from going uh, to your full potential 
Yeah. So if yeah, you're fearful, right. you hit it on the head there. Yeah, Jim. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 so you're afraid to say something. You're afraid to do something. You're afraid to uh, take the next step. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. it is just trying to relax and going with the flow. And mm -hmm. uh, we um, who are formerly that are in recovery feel it even more so sometimes because we used to deal with it another time and the things we used actually became the inhibition and when we started coming out of it again you know you know when you're in the middle of your active actively using yes you're feeling okay while you're using and stuff like that it's when you start coming down and off these things right. and your withdrawal and your chem you know your chemical cleansing in your body and stuff like that when your alcohol is leaving your system when the drugs leaving your system you do have that drop now and you don't necessarily when you're using things like uh, cbd or anything let's say exercising when you when you increase serotonin in your body when, when you're exercising, the, the withdrawal from that when you're done is, is not uh, detrimental, it's not depressive, it's not um, like, oh, uh, there's not a, a, a shame in, in what you're actually, because, you, you know, using, using uh, this product or using uh, exercise or drinking coffee or tea or anything that kind of you're using something natural that doesn't really change your state of mind other than your Correct. sense of well-being and your sense of relaxation and being able to uh, alleviate that governor that restrictor plate that stops you from acting stop you from going ahead and saying you know what um, I'm ready to I'm ready to attack today I'm ready to go out and do these things and and being what nervous. a great way to put yeah. it <laughs> and that, that's well uh, I, I'm a, I was a big procrastinator and your, your mind is, is, is powerful. The mind is, is a powerful thing. And we, we've evolved. Some people say these tension anxiety is not necessarily a bad thing sometimes mm -hmm. because it shows that you're uncomfortable about something, but when it Correct. is, but when it's, uh, uh, sustained and, uh, constant, it becomes, you know, an inhibition to acting or, or moving on. Then, then we have to address it. But the, you right, because the basis of all that, like the core root of any of that, comes down to the four-letter word, <coughs> right? Which is fear. Fear. Right. Fake emotions appearing Fearing real. You're creating these things in your head that don't actually exist. You're making them. You're manifesting them into existence. They don't really exist. I know. And, and there are and, and there are things that you know. I'm I'm to point out to. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying there are real things you have to deal with. Absolutely. <clears throat> but you have to deal with them. You right. have to deal with them, and and not dealing with uh, things is an act of defiance against self. Mm -hmm. refusing to try to get better. So we should, should all try to endeavor to feel better at least and be able to have mm -hmm. uh, um, a better life. And I think this, this, could, this could really help uh, uh, a certain uh, segment. A lot of people out there, a matter of fact, because uh, some people may stay away from it because it doesn't do the level that they think they need. 
You know, right. we need that was our, our former selves. Mm -hmm. You and I, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I didn't drink. I, I, when someone offered me a drink, I would be like, uh, no, but you can give me the bottle. Right. And, that, and that did not help. That mm -hmm. made it worse. And then sometimes when we broach him with like another solution, people say, well, this is kind of, you know, they, your, your, your mind will tell you, well, this is just crazy. You're just, uh, that, that won't work. Well, unless you tried mm -hmm. it, unless you tried it, you, you can't say that. You can't say that. I mean, you can think it. And we also recommend. What? We, we recommend for our, our clients and stuff is to take it uh, on a constant basis mm -hmm. as almost like a lubricant for your endocannabinoid system to keep it activated. That's why she took it every day. Mm -hmm. And activating it every day and keeping it activated, you start seeing benefit 10, 15, 20 days down the line to 30 days where you're like, oh my gosh, this is my new normal. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not freaking out you know what I mean this is my new normal my palms aren't sweaty I love it and then like you just said it in turn gives you more opportunity to live a better life mm -hmm. and it basically it's a better way to feel better yep <laughs> so it so it is well listen I think we uh I think we learned a lot today and I want to thank you for that and I want to also uh Tell the listeners we're going to put a link in the uh, show notes, and uh, we'll see about having a a, um, a longer term by putting in our sponsors' uh, notes here. And I think we're probably going to be doing that. We'll work that out. But um, once again, that website, Conaho. It's the kind C B D D A K I N D C B D. Dot com. Dot com. And, and we're going to post that in, in the show notes, like I said. And right now we have a, uh, a 420 uh, special. Hmm. Uh, and we'll, we'll put that in, uh, we'll put the discount code in there. And we offer 20% uh, off and free shipping. And we also, uh, in the Florida Keys locally, we'll come and drop it by your house, you know, uh, contact free, put it outside your door, you order it online. Hmm. We'll run it right up to you anywhere with, you know, within uh, about 30, 30, 30 miles or so. Mm -hmm. And if you want us to go to Marathon or whatever, we just ask that you spend at least $100. Wow. And uh, we'll go ahead and run it down to, yeah. Well, that is, that's customer service for you. Um, yep. Yep. They, they, you know, they thank you. Thank you very much for coming on there, telling your story. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, and, uh, you know what? Maybe we we can uh, we could do this on a regular basis. Okay. So I would love to. Yep. Okay. It's been really a pleasure talking to you, Jim. Really a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kano, and thank you for uh, the the samples. And I'm sure I'll be trying that in the future. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later. I'm going to start playing the music now. Uh, okay. Well, actually, I'm going to say goodbye. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I know it's been an especially long show, but I think you got a lot of good information from it. Uh, come back and listen to us next time. Uh, goodbye.